through the crowd. I think you just said John Cena was in your favourite match of all time. I am a John Cena fan. Oh, controversial. But <laughs> I would say my favourite match of all time that I would go back. And Still I- can't do an SDF. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> Neither I can I, to be fair. I, but, d- you know. I don't bend that way. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I still think one of my favourite matches of all time. Still doing a bit that way. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and uh, I introduced myself this week, which I'm quite proud of because I forgot to. Very last well week. done. Very well done. <laughs> I'm here with Tax Williams, as always. Hello, everybody. How are you doing, sir? Still struggling with the old back neck injury. That was going to be my first question. Are you still injured? I am still mildly discomforted okay. in my uh, my back neck and right thigh area. So I am on holiday at start of September. So I'm going to go and see a medical professional. Nice. Hopefully it's just, as I said, a trap nerve because September is quite a busy month for me with some wrestling bits so Ooh. well we've got uh, our SEPW um, Hustle and Heart 6 show coming in September then we've got Slam on the 23rd of September I'll return to Faversham that's an awesome name by the way <laughs> and then on October 19th I'm going up to Birmingham for the charity uh, Wrestling 4 show and this yeah. shows for Calms now Tax Williams hasn't been booked for this show yet wink um, but he is going to be making his way there and Making an impact of some description pending medical professional opinion. You made it sound like you were going to TNA <laughs> by saying the word impact. <laughs> Just me? No, I, I, okay. t- TNA won't sign me because I have a degree of wrestling ability. <laughs> oh, low ball, low ball. Well, to be fair, uh, their, what's their, their main their WrestleMania thing? Uh, Slammiversary. Slammiversary. It was actually all right. I enjoyed it. It wasn't too bad. Have you seen what the main event for All In is? Is this... Um, pentagon kenny omega oh yeah that card is looking <laughs> insane so, to the point i may even order it on fight just to watch it yeah i think i'm gonna have to like right up until they announced kenny omega versus pentagon jr i was a bit like yeah these are some great matches like seeing the young bucks with um ibushi all together as like one trio will be amazing yeah. and there's some really good matches like seeing the nwa actually have some significance as well in an event it's kind of fun i know obviously it's not part of the uh the the pod for this week but the NWA seems to have a lot more prominence at the moment, and worryingly, it all seems to have happened since Corgan got involved with it. Well, yeah, true. Yeah. He's raised the profile of it. The the uh, the ten pounds of gold is important again. Well, him buying them is the most publicity they've had in what twenty thirty years, easy. And to have uh, Nick Aldis holding that belt as a good foil for Cody Rhodes going into All In. Yeah, it's the first time, as you said, in I suppose since the belt was in TNA, mm-hmm. but that heavyweight championship has relevance. Yeah, in, true. Very true. Yeah. I think it's potentially going to be the best indie card ever. Speaking of indie super shows, <laughs> no, <laughs> nice segue. segue. <laughs> today we are doing Ring of Honor's Joe versus Kobashi. Um, it was the 1st of October 2005, so we're going back a while now, but in Sky White, what was the. one of the higher profile segments of ROH's lifespan? Yeah, because this was coming up. Just after Summer of Punk, wasn't it? Before he went and joined uh, Developmental yep. in WWE. We've had Austin Aries win the belt. Joe Comebacks win the belt of him. Joe's had a decent run with the belt. Then lose it. Oh, I did like, no. Joe lost the belt to Aries. Yeah. And then Dragon got it off one of them, probably Gibson at that point. But it doesn't matter. So you've got like, you know, essentially Punk, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. 
um, soon to be El Generico, Kevin Steen, all hanging around, you know? It's like, it's the who's who of WWE almost at this point. Yeah, and it's amazing that if you look back to 2005, 2006, when these guys were so hot on the indies, and mm. obviously that's when the, sort of, the IWC was really starting to get going. Everyone was pushing these guys, like, this guy's amazing, you must watch this match. I mean, Joe and Punk's matches were phenomenal at that time, and that's what drew me to Ring of Honor. So I'd delved into Ring of Honor in and out over the years, and I'd watched a lot of Summer of Punk, so I'd never seen this show or this main event. So cool. it, was, it was interesting to, to go through it all. So this is, I remember watching a dodgy clip of the main event uh, online from a forum, I think. So I remember watching this clip. It was real dodgy quality. You couldn't even see faces in the crowd sort of quality. Like really low fi I think 240p or something like that. Very close to the quality of the DVD. <laughs> oh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Had some issues. Um, but then I remember because I enjoyed this match so much, I used to show it to like non-wrestling fans and they'd sit there and be like, what the hell is happening? Because they're so used to the concept of, you know, Hulk Hogan and Macho Man kind of like doing these big, foey sort of elbows, you know? Yeah, power out, power up through that headlock. Exactly. One arm drop, two arm drop. Oh, oh his arm's <laughs> in the air. So to be able to show people this is what made me get into ROH. Um, nice. This match really drew me in. I ended up buying this on DVD, which is what we both watched the version of. I ended up buying like five or six other DVDs as well. So this match kind of, you know, made them a decent amount of money off me, yeah. to say the least. <laughs> So we're in Manhattan, New York. Uh, I didn't catch where they were, but it's not the Manhattan, Manhattan Center. No, no, it's very small. I didn't really catch where the venue was. It was but... something hotel I caught at one point, but it was okay. a bit hard to hear because the distortion levels on the audio. So. Yeah. Um, commentary, Dave Prezak and Lenny Leonard. Yep. Not for me. Not for you? <laughs> not okay. for me, no. It's definitely of the time. I remember yeah, being such a fanboy that it was, I would like praise these guys to the highest moons, but... There's a few occasions where maybe I wasn't into their commentary as much as I was as a younger man. Yeah, it it didn't do anything for me. And the overall production of this is what I would assume current indie wrestling would be, except it's not. The quality of current indie wrestling, even just from a, um, I suppose, cinematography side of things, or just a filming side of things, yeah. the quality that you see on the indies now, where technology has become so available... I look back at Ring of Honor and this match and I think, oh, it'd be so amazing to display this if it had modern camera work on it. Because it was um, one hard cam, one roving cam throughout. Uh, it's funny, I didn't really pay attention to how many cameras there were this week at all. I okay. just kind of absorbed in it. But yeah, I'll but, trust you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it served purpose. But from an indie at that time, having obviously hard cam, roving cam. Yeah. It's what you'd expect from the time. They're not yeah, going to have exactly. high production budgets. The the clipping together of the different camera shots for most of the time was pretty on point. Yeah, yeah, really not too bad. Um, I thought the editing was quite good actually. Yeah, I said so. There's like elements of ECW with the production. Where yeah, definitely. The Especially audio, the graphic yeah, floating in on the screen. For very much so. Yeah, yeah. You can tell that Gabe Sapolsky was hanging around Paul Heyman in those ECW days. Yeah, who's the guy that books ROH at this period? If you didn't know that, I'm assuming most people did. Um, is Gabe doing Evolve? now yeah Gabe does evolve, okay. yeah, which has a big wwe involvement yeah. as well so yeah it's interesting it's, a, it's quite a small company and they, ha they have good audiences fairly regularly but it is quite a small indie still it's actually very reminiscent of this roh show fair to say now that roh has had a longer run than wcw um because if you think, I think that, so because i think tna is even longer than wcw in tenure yep but uh, what do you think about calling a show after a match? Like, I think it was reminiscent of UFC and boxing and such. Yeah, definitely. It was very much, here is our marquee match. It was the name of Joe and having Kabashi bought in. No real storyline leading up to this match through what, I, through what I read. It's just a case of Joe's our top guy. 
Kobashi's tough as nails. Let's put these two absolute beasts in the ring together. Behemoths. <laughs> Big nasty bastard, Dave <laughs> Master. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. Oh, that would be a three-way match. Oh, oh God, God, that would have been good a few years ago. <laughs> Neat beast. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I said, having it as the name of the show really drew in an audience because they know exactly what they're getting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's young. It's the young line against the experienced veteran with both the same style and the same sort of aggression and such. It's it's cool. I like the I like the naming of the um the show after the match. I think it's quite a fun idea. I think obviously the thing to note there and I appreciate it was 13 years ago and so I briefly mentioned this to you yesterday. Hmm. How young everyone looks and again I know <laughs> it's 13 years ago but you run down the cards we'll get through and everyone other than Chris Daniels Looks like a child. Chris Daniels has always been the same look. He's he's doesn't age at all. It's thirteen years, and he doesn't look a day older. No, not at all. Same physique. I, still I go perfect. two days, and I look older. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How does he do that? Oh man, it's incredible. Like it's a really nice looking venue. It's got yep. these gorgeous balconies, and it's obviously like a hotel ballroom or something. But the shitty entranceway with the black hung curtains, like they've got <laughs> got these terrible looking curtains that I swear are like pleated like a, a skirt or yep. some shit. <laughs> And like, oh, it's just terrible. Like, there's a couple of times wrestlers go to go through them and kind of just stop. Kind of lifting up bits of it going, um, do I go left? Do I go right? Oh, no, we go straight through. <laughs> like, they Classic just Classic indie exit curtain. Oh, it was absolutely genius. I loved it so much. We will rock you into a guitar solo into Sledgehammer. Claudio Castagnoli, the most moneyest making man ever. Oh, my God, I love this gimmick and I wish he'd go back to it. Oh, my God. And with hair. Yeah, the slicked back kind of oh, balding yes. mullet look almost. <laughs> when his pull-away trousers worked. <laughs> <laughs> I Seriously, I love this Claudio gimmick. I wish he would go back to it. This money is making man go full heel. Yeah. Like Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase invested all this money and he's made all these millions, you know. And you don't need a promo with it, which is where I think Claudio struggles in WWE yeah, maybe. for some reason. But this gimmick wouldn't need it. Yeah. And... I know we've said in a previous pod whether we think Cesaro could be a top level. Give him this gimmick and he's off to the races. He would be a superstar. You could almost stick him in a foreign stable if you had to with the likes of Rusev or something. Or you can completely legitimise him and bring back Ted DiBiase Jr. Yep. And, and Jr. as his manager. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Amazing. Oh, that'd be book great it. fun. And Someone Virgil. Book Virgil. It. Book Virgil. <laughs> I think his calendar's full. He's always booked. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Claudio Castagnoli against classic Cock Cabana. Boom, boom. Indeed, sir. So we've got Heel Claudio, which uh, I absolutely adore as well. Like He's so good, though, that the fans struggle to boo him. Yeah, and this was <laughs> only his second ROH appearance at this stage, was it? It's definitely one of the early yeah. ones. Um, leading back originally as well, though, what you said about um, Claudio's walkout music and Cabana's walkout music. No uh, music rights clearly paid on this, yeah. this card. So we've got obviously... Copa, Copa <laughs> Cabana. Cabana. I mean, it's so good <laughs> seeing him walk out of this music again. It's it's very... Maybe it's just a nostalgia kicking in, but for me, this works amazingly. And as well as seeing um, the Chikara show we did originally and yeah. now seeing Cabana here, I always forget how good he is. Yeah, they're both insanely talented. Yeah. Like Claudio, I think, is still developing at this point. He's a few years off his WWE contract, so is Cabana. But Commander uh, looks so young, oh, so ridiculous. so young, like a completely different character to who so is now. So athletic as well, like serious in the ring, like straight yeah. faced. Like I'm so used to seeing Colt Cabana put on a headlock or a chinlock or whatever crazy thing he develops in his lucha slash 
British slash strong style, whatever <laughs> style he is. Um, and then look up at the camera, smiling. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, he's that character now. But he was in the middle of a, a feud at this stage. So maybe that's why the seriousness in my mind, again, for not throwing the stories through. Mm. Um, obviously, he kept on looking over at um, for Homicide. Yeah, that's the one. Not Hernandez, because he wasn't around there at that time. <laughs> no, no It would have been Sean so good Hernandez. if Hernandez was there as well, though. <laughs> but, so basically, during the match, uh, the thugs or whatever from Homicide's lot come out and try to distract Gabbana. Um, it's, it's a fun little silly gimmick, I guess. Do you think it took away from the match a little bit, though? Because uh, yes. obviously having Cabana having to keep on staring to the crowd at these people in their football jerseys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, at the time, Homicide was taken very seriously. He was pretty over as like this actual dangerous guy, even though he's quite small and he's not yeah. small Joe's size, but he could have matches, like strong style matches with people and still get it over, which is pretty cool, to be honest. You know, I think it's mainly the gimmick and how intense he is in the ring, which yeah. helps out. What do you think of uh, good old Homicide? I really like Homicide. Okay. Out of all the people who are in sort of that Latin American faction, yeah, I'd say he's always been consistently my like one of the top people I, I think of because obviously he always kicked around in LAX when he was with Hernandez. Yep. But Homicide's in rim work, as you said, it doesn't matter if he's working for a bigger guy, smaller guy, a, a rounder guy, a slight guy. His matches, it, you don't really see a bad Homicide match. Uh, yeah, generally, like they're never high spot, crazy, spectacular, but he does have those moments in him, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but as you said, it's yeah, it's fairly decent every single time. Um, the thing I'm most impressed with by Cabana and Claudio is just how inclusive of all these different styles their matches are. Um, they seem so smooth, so talented. Like they do real technical world of sports, backed out through the legs, back up over this sort of stuff. They're doing lucha arm drags and rolls and such, and then kind of the American indie strong style as well. It was like a sample platter, so yeah. to speak, because you said every style in there, and also not done badly. Yeah. It's a case of, we can do this, we can do this. And I wonder if it was due to the talent thinking, well, this is going to be on DVD, opening match. Let's show other promoters that we can do all of these styles to try and enhance our booking. Obviously, the match told a story, but you've also got to imagine at this sort of time when the internet's sort of starting to drive a lot of this content, People are still doing DVD exchange, but a lot of people are starting to upload the videos onto forums, onto websites. Mm-hmm. If they saw it as, an op- as a sales pitch. It's interesting you said at the time how things have again changed. Because you see online now so many wrestlers with the use of Twitter, instead of sending messages to promoters saying, hello promoter, I'm this wrestler, I've worked here for this many years. You see so many guys going, I've got these dates I need to fill it filling. Can you share and tag a promoter where you want me to see it? It's yeah. Like, well, do your own bloody job, mate. <laughs> I know, obviously, a lot of... I see of... that all the time, actually, on Twitter. Yeah. And the thing is, it sounds silly, but if you've got name value, so if you're like a, a, a Mastiff or a Liguero level, hello, I've got a spare slot, or something's been cancelled, I'd like to work. Yeah. They're big guys where you expect people to share it round. But if you see some of these guys who maybe trained for six months and then said, I've got these bookings free, tag me where you want me to work. It's this like... has really got under your skin, hasn't it? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> like, I'm not massively offended by it, but it seems to be an issue for you. It's it's just lazy. <laughs> and again, I, I know that's sort of the, the, signs of, the signs of the time, but if you think back in the early 2000s, yeah. you'd be emailing or you'd be messaging a promoter saying, hello, here's my you stuff. You sound like the Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who the Unabomber is? No. So the Unabomber is a guy in America that would send uh, bombs in parcels to post offices and things like that. Right. Because he didn't like technology and he thought that we should all go back to the medieval I, know, I, d- I don't have any problem with people spreading it by technology, but I think it's a similar thing to paying your dues. I, I understand what you're getting at. Yeah, yeah. 
I just think it's funny. <laughs> Sorry. I it would just it just bothers me that people are lazy. Just be, and you know, technology's brilliant, but it makes people in the professional wrestling industry in some instances a little bit lazy. I can see that. Yeah. I'm very lucky that a lot of the guys who I work with, who I have the ability to train with or be on cards with, they always go about things that they message promoters directly and that's what they've been taught for all their training. Yeah. Be polite be professional it seems that's the right thing to do obviously i mean my first instinct wasn't being like if i'm a trainee <laughs> throw up, oh i've got this whole year apart from these two days free can you book me please i'm working my brother's bar mitzvah <laughs> but i'm free any other weekend but i could uh, probably classic. cancel that if you could put me in your rumble <laughs> oh one day i might get in a rumble you never know it's never gonna happen <laughs> oh we can make that happen <laughs> no definitely not it doesn't even matter we just hire a ring. So Colt goes to the Colt 45. <laughs> <laughs> the thugs kind of distract Colt while in the, from the crowd. Um, like they come one at a time and distract him a bit. It, it's Yeah, it takes away from the thing, but they're just getting over the, the story, obviously. Um, again, because the main event is what the main event is, you feel like this whole undercard is a bit underdone. Yeah, is that definitely. what I'm looking for? Uh, it's not the highest caliber of storytelling or wrestling. It's just like... They're doing it there to continue their stories, to keep it, to keep the, um, the momentum going and just wait for the main event, essentially. Yeah, good wrestling for out, but nothing of note, really. Yeah, exactly. Get the Ricola bomb. Uh, Prezak calls it a pyramid bomb, then a Ricola bomb. Don't know why, but Ricola. he does. Ricola! Absolutely love it. One, two, three. And a surprise winner, as they say on the commentary, Claudio Castagnoli beating Colt Cabana. But he's the new guy, so that's why it's a surprise. I guess so. They should know that he is an amazing wrestler. Kings of Wrestling, future ahead of him. Then One of my WWE. favorite indie tag teams, Kings of Wrestling. Definitely. I wish they'd reunite them. They, if, they, if they're not going to give him the Claudio most money-making man or something, like this whole tag team with Sheamus has never done very much for me. They, they're both quite stiff and strong style but I don't know. I like it more than his tag team with Tyson Kidd. Yeah. But... They, they never really got a chance, though, to be fair to them. If Cesaro ever gets released and Hero gets released, just get back together. You'll make a load of money. Have a nice retirement tour with ROH yeah. or maybe New Japan and tag. You exactly. Know. Job done. Yeah, easy. So what do you think of the match? Enjoyable. Really good opener for the show. In-ring, brilliant, as we alluded to earlier. Lots of different styles, but it meshed really well together. Continuation of the storyline with all the sort of the Rottweilers, I think they were called. Yeah. Um, getting involved they call them the thugs like 10 times in yeah. the show i'm just like it starts to get a little bit racially insensitive at points like oh they're latin american they are thugs <laughs> vince mcmahon booking it is a little bit no. you're but not white american again this is gabe tapping into the ecw thing of let's take people's stereotypes and just yeah. boost them to 11 and chuck them out in the ring you know where's my pizza <laughs> okay so but yeah good opening match yeah we get a three-way elimination up next matt seidel against azrael against fallen angel christopher daniels Two comments about this, go again, ahead. through not uh, being overly au fait with the product. I bet I can guess time. one of them, but go ahead, go on. What, who is Alison Danger? Uh, no, that wasn't going to be mine. Go on. Do okay. you want to know who Alison Danger is? Yes, please. I believe that's Christopher Daniel's wife. Right, okay. Did she do much after this? Wait, hang on a second. Either she's married to Chris Daniels, or she's married to Steve Carino. So I'm going to say both, and we can look it up afterwards and see who actually is. She's married to Chris Daniels. She's married to Steve Carino. Oh, okay. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> perfect editing um but did she do anything else outside of roh yeah she's a wrestler as well she teamed with sarah del rey on an roh liverpool show that i went to once all right okay yeah good, good talent yeah very good and then the second question not sarah del rey good but no one's sarah del rey good no. <laughs> no one is sarah del rey good cool um question two on this match yes 
Who the hell is Azrael? Okay, so he was, I believe, one of the younger trainee sort of guys they've had around. Uh, does a lot of jobs. I believe he was part of a group that I suddenly can't remember the name of. It was like six or seven young, small, flippy guys that would come in and just like mob Loki occasionally. Okay. And then Loki kicked the crap out of them all in one match, and it's really entertaining. <laughs> just brutalizes like seven dudes at once. It's pretty nasty. Um, I thought you were going to ask about the he has horns on his bandana issue. <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I'm annoyed at people trying to get themselves booked using Twitter, but I'm fine with horns on bandanas. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit weird. It's not for me. Yeah, it's a risk. Hmm. Yeah. But it plays his character, I guess. Yeah, he's one of these guys in that he obviously has some talent, but it's not sold particularly well. It's not doesn't convey his character greatly. He's just a wrestler, yeah. which a lot of people in this time period are quite guilty of. Fallen Angel chance before his entrance. So Christopher Daniels is a face by this point, even though traditionally in early ROH, he was like the top bad guy. So that's pretty cool. Nice to see him getting this massive face response. I really like Daniels. Yeah, Again, quality, worker, understandable. I know, obviously, in years later, many years later, he won the ROH title. Yeah. But leading back to a previous pod, Chris Daniels is someone who never needed a belt. No, definitely not. Had match of the year candidates. He's had a long, long, successful career. Still going to this day. Still looks younger than I do. Yeah. The age, the ageless Daniels. Yeah. So we get the Marilyn Manson entrance as well. It's just like the coolest combination of gimmicks and music and everything. Uh, and Alison Danger's with him, which is kind of cool. Um... <laughs> I'm just reading my notes like, he looks exactly the same as 13 <laughs> years later. Which you've already said a million times. Uh, so basically, uh, there's just so many three-man spots. They've obviously spent a lot of time working through this match. Um, every time there's a lock-up, the third person gets involved. Every time there's a move, the third person catches them, drops them on their head or whatever it may be. Really clever wrestling. Yeah, very, very well thought out, I thought, through this match, start to finish. Um, again, a little bit spotty for my liking but as we've already touched on this card isn't going to progress storylines and yeah. not spotty because they're all young no no yeah yeah I'm with you <laughs> um, as soon as you read that I read the spot that I wrote down was my favourite of the whole match so I'm not saying again it's bad because again this is what ROH <laughs> no it was bread bad and butter was. it was kind of funny as well <laughs> which, 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 which one <laughs> Matt Seidel goes up top oh, some guy shouts you fucking suck Azrael <laughs> as Seidel springboards off of him to turnbuckle Azrael uh, off the back off of Azrael's back onto a DDT on uh, Daniels, it's just the way he springboards off of him. As some guy goes, "You fucking suck, Azrael!" <laughs> so funny. Angry ROH fans, but as you said ECW style. Yeah, exactly. Little bits of profanity. It's weird with this crowd in that they're brutal at times, like brutally honest. Yeah. But when they they're generous, as in the main event. They are beyond generous. They're the best crowd in the world. Oh, even in the tag match later on, they really bought into it, yeah, didn't they? absolutely. I'd say London and New York are the, my two favourite crowds ever. And I've been to a few in London that I've absolutely hated, so I'd go with New York. <laughs> but, you know, they always, they always Sorry, do. A, they <laughs> but they always do a good job um, in, in a three-way, um, Seidel and Daniels, Azrael, not so much. They're amazing, yeah. Even Azrael holds his own, to be fair. He's not great, but he's, he's, he's there, you know. Matt Seidel, in fairness, is again another one who hasn't aged in 13 years, but that might yeah. be all the marijuana. 
Yeah, maybe. Allegedly. <laughs> How was that time in that Japanese jail? That's, that's pretty fucked up, man. Like, they did caught him on that. Like, yeah. Know. Wasn't he carrying, like, some exotic fish or something as well? <laughs> no, I no? never I thought read there that. was some really weird story, because he's a bit of a hippie now. A little bit. Yeah. Anyway. Good. Well, I don't give a shit. He could do whatever he wants. Uh, so, Sidal is part of Generation Next. Do you know about Generation Next? Was this also with some of the, the original Young Bucks? Uh, Generation n- Me? Or have I got the No, different thing completely. Okay. So Generation Next is uh, Austin Aries. Ugh. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Hmm. I guess you said that before. Um, Alex Shelley. Very good. Very, very good. Uh, Roderick Strong. Mm. Jack Evans. <laughs> nice. Love Jack Evans. <laughs> and a few other people over the years. Like It's kind of like been the, the next four kind of top indie guys. They're looking to get over. Okay. They will stick in Generation Next and then feud against different companies, stuff which happens a bit later. Um, so, uh, Sidal over the top to the outside does a runner on Daniels, which gets a huge pop. Really, really cool. They do the one-man Spanish fly to eliminate Azrael. Uh, so it's 13 like, years later, there's still a Spanish fly on every indie show. Yeah, this has definitely been a theme of a lot of these shows we've watched. I, I just wish Lex Luger had done one. <laughs> like, <laughs> imagine, just comes out of his promo, sitting down, talking like with the probe, just grab some guy, does a one-man Spanish fly, like, indie wrestling. It's the all-American fly. <laughs> um, yeah, Azrael gets eliminated by, they call it a belly-to-belly off the top, and it kind of is, but it's basically a one-man Spanish fly. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing. Um, by Sidal. Uh, Daniel kills Seidel a few times, but <laughs> Seidel just keeps kicking out like he probably drops him on his head a bunch. Um, again, this is reminiscent of this time of pro wrestling. There's lots of head bumps, yeah, lots of very stiff chops and things. You know, um, it's it's been reduced a little bit nowadays. They're a bit safer. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, but as you can tell, this is the time period where it was like we must be hard hitting. Yeah, it's very much influenced by Noah King's Road sort of Japanese style. Yeah. Yeah, because hmm. um, uh, Gabe's gone on record as saying that he was a massive fan of kind of All Japan, New Japan, like these sort of stars, the strong style that you see yeah. a lot of now. So that's why he's trying to uh, create this in this company. Uh, we get a massive back body drop. Sidal lands on his feet. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Daniel hooks up Angel's wings almost out of nowhere. Hits the one, two, three after he gets uh, Angel's wings. Daniel's go home. All right, have my finish. It does feel a bit like that, doesn't yeah. it? Because they cut straight away as well. Uh, so then we get a Jim, James Gibson, Jimmy yeah. Yang promo. What do you think about this? Uh, I liked it. I liked... Because um, this has got to be post-WWE for both guys. It was, because this was just before Gibson went back. Yeah. Because later on in the evening, he says, I can't leave Sylvan to job by himself. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah well done. Yeah. Um, but these, these guys used to be a tech team, didn't they? Uh, yeah, the Young yeah. Guns, I yeah. believe. Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe that was just WCW. But they, they've, they've, they've definitely got history. Yeah. Um, and again, it was really nice to pick it up. It's a case of we're going to go at it one last time, you and me. So again, we've got the respect of known combatants, friends slash enemies going yep. forward. And Jimmy Yang, well... <laughs> this promo is dog shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. Uh, I don't really get the character. It looks really uncomfortable. He's doing like the Matrix Neo thing. Yeah. It's with a white jacket. Not for me. Yeah. But that's again sort of following on. So this was again post when Gibson was in as Jamie Noble. Obviously Jimmy Yang was in there with, I think it was a Keo as well. And they did like a little three-man Japanese faction. Ooh, yeah, there was, wasn't there? But this is when they... They were on Smackdown, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. I think he's just come out of it at this stage. But Gibson's been so out for a this, while. So is this pre-Jimmy Wang Yang, do you think? Yeah, this is pre-Jimmy Wang. Oh, I thought it was post-Jimmy Wang. Yang. No, I think I think uh, Jimmy Yang was in there originally in the um, the trio. 
Right. Um, again, could be wrong. People are more than welcome to correct me. <laughs> the promo from Jimmy Yang was terrible. <laughs> That's literally my one note. It says, this was absolutely terrible. <laughs> it's emotionless. Yeah. I've always liked Jamie Gibson slash Jamie Noble slash James yeah. Gibson. Because it's amazing. I first saw him in WWE when mm-hmm. he was in there with Nidia. And then when he went, I was like, oh, what's this like hick guy doing in ROH? And seeing some of his matches, like, who is this guy? He's astonishingly good, yeah. yeah. Seriously talented in the ring. He has matches with Brian Danielson and uh, a few others at this time period. And they're just, they're, they're absolutely outstanding. I cannot encourage you to go watch Jamie Noble's matches or, what's his name here? James Gibson. Thank you very much. James Gibson's matches in ROH. Uh, yeah, if they, you can get hold of them nowadays, I don't even know if you can buy these DVDs anymore. I'm not sure. I wonder if it's on the, part of Honor Club, possibly. Maybe. They'd have to cut all the music and such, but yeah. Yeah, yeah let's move on. <laughs> so ROH Tag Team Championship match, BJ Whitmer and Jimmy Jacobs versus Tony Mameluke and Saranaro. Oh man, Jimmy Jacobs. I've never seen Jimmy Jacobs wrestle. Oh really? And wow. His whole character to start with was like... Hoss, hoss, yeah. hoss. He's the berserker. Exactly. That's the exact note I wrote. Mini berserker. Yeah, yeah. That's his whole gimmick. BJ Whitmer. Wow. Are you impressed? I thought... But, okay. I'm, I'm surprised that someone with that look at that time wasn't taken up. <laughs> um, I was never a fan. So I struggle to be a fan now. Like I didn't like the gimmick at the time. Like, he always... Seemed like one of those guys that had the potential, but not that missing je ne sais quoi, the extra element that makes a guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I said the um, the look, though, yeah. at that time, that's what the E would go for. Yep, definitely. Absolutely. It seemed like he would always be a good forble for your top faces. And the other note I have here at the moment yeah. is Big Cass Enzo, question mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. But a bit less rapey. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, uh, allegedly, Tamalus, <laughs> uh, Tony Mamaluke and Sarah have the Rocky music. They're not even from Philadelphia. <laughs> what are they doing? They're meant to have Italian gimmicks. Like, I guess that's kind of fits. Yeah. But really, why have they got the Rocky music? Seems so stupid to me. It's all that was available on the CD. <laughs> it's just like, what's an epic entrance? Rocky music, obviously. We've got this Rocky music, or they've got this pizzeria music. <laughs> what would you like? I should have gone with the pizzeria <laughs> one. Keep the gimmick alive. Uh, Tony Mamluke uh, grabs the mic and gets over the fact they're ECW tag team. He was an ECW tag team champion. Um, and then, yeah, Jimmy Jacobs is doing his berserker gimmick. Um, there's this weird tension between BJ and Tony Mamluke. Yeah. Uh, I think they're trying to build some tension here, but I don't think this had any real history or story behind it. No, th- they commentary definitely didn't know about it if it did no but they were trying to do something and again i don't know if that's trying to put something for future storylines because yeah. i haven't watched the show after this but i said it was noteworthy i picked it up so i remember it yeah cool fair enough um <laughs> just the way you do um did this, you not this re- match does absolutely nothing for me the finish was the best bit there, the, the rubik's good- cube driver was excellent yeah even that i felt really sorry for his neck <laughs> but again it's it's the time wasn't it we're saying about like that the headshots and the headbutts as well the yeah. rubik's cube driver for the win you're not going to kick out of it yeah i like seeing jimmy jacobs because i obviously know of the character i know him mm. as a manager in sort of tna and a backstage personality obviously getting fired for his hanging out with the bullet club recently indeed yeah Sorry. taking selfies yeah. released for other reasons <laughs> not fraternizing <laughs> the opposition that's bullshit by the way yeah, well, that's man lost his job taking photo with his friends like that's messed up yeah but also you know in a, in a world where we like their competition really well and they are in hot topic 
Mm, oh, I guess, yeah, that's a fair point. Ha- had yeah. he taken a picture of anyone else other than Bucks and Mike's girl and Cody, he would have been fine. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I find oh, look, weird. here's me in abyss. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they would have cared. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> Quite a lot of guys on the roster take photos with people that aren't there. Like, yeah. New Day and the Young Bucks, like, and Kenny Omega and all doing getting that, together. Like, game the, launch Yeah, thing. exactly. WWE must not have known about that. Oh, I wonder whether they asked for uh, forgiveness rather than permission. You yeah, know? I think so. <laughs> That's the way I do most things in life, so it works. But yeah, um, That I sounded t- really rapey. <laughs> That's not how I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this match, uh, all in all, was... <laughs> It didn't do much for me. I said the Rubik's Cube driver at the end, very nice finisher, looks good, looks brutal. But the characters, I said, BJ Whitmer has a good look for pro wrestling, especially around 2005. Jimmy Jacobs, mini berserker, so always entertaining. Yeah. I always think to worry when people wear those tight neck chains as well, wrestling, because I think if you get caught in a rope, mate, <laughs> like, ugh. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it doesn't look great either. No. I mean, it makes him look a little camp. And if he's going for like a berserker gimmick, I, I, I don't know. Camp berserker, it's fine. Yeah, that's a gimmick I can get behind, but it doesn't. It's not what he's going for. Yeah, I said this. This match, I like the look of BJ Whitmer. I like Jimmy Jacobs at uh, the berserker because it was nostalgic. Yeah. The um the FBI, the full-blooded Italians. Yeah, I wish they pushed that gimmick a bit more. Yeah, it it was but, nice, mm. but the match itself did nothing for me, and I'm surprised of the outcome. Yeah, I mean, having, well, let's call them the FBI because that's what they should be known yeah. as. Uh, I think that's what they go on to be known as as well. Um, oh, actually, maybe they can't because WWE probably own the rights. Having the FIB. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> well, I guess, full, Having the full Italian boys. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a porno. <laughs> full Italian boys. Ooh. I star in it, obviously. <laughs> Join <Yeah>. my salami. <laughs> Uh, my favourite part about it is Sal on the back of his trunks has the self Save by the Bell gimmick, yeah. the logo, but it says Save by the Sal. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's really funny. Uh, and yeah, and it's uh, there's moments where BJ slaps his leg as Sal ducks, but BJ still slaps his leg as he does the kick. You're like, oh, that was silly. I didn't like the end either. The nah. handing over the belts. Nah, it's a bit weird. Yeah. So, yeah, I put uh, BJ taketh and BJ giveth away. <laughs> the belts. It's very strange. So the Italians are celebrating. BJ goes, steals the belts. He kind of goes, oh, no, no. And then they, him and Jimmy hand over the belts to the Italians. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, great. This had a big story behind it and lots of, you know, momentum. But it was a last minute planned tag team match, apparently. Yeah, I said um, indifferent. Yeah, exactly. Overall. Again, it's another fairly decent mid-card match. You get a title change, which is quite fun. Yeah, everyone loves a title change. Always gets a pop at a show, yeah. you know? Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> These matches were a drag, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, and which is a shame because the, ne- <laughs> the next match being for the pure title, Nigel McGuinness against Jay Lethal. When I saw this on the box, I thought, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, this is very young Jay Lethal, though. And after about 11 minutes, I was like, where have those 11 minutes of my life gone? Yeah. I love Nigel's gimmick. I'm obsessed. Oh, like, yeah. During really this good. time period, he's one of the best heels in the business. Union Jack, iron yeah. to the ring. I mean, uh, so he's got fucking in the bushes by Oasis is his theme music. Which is a ripoff of Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song, which is blatantly a ripoff of another song because Led Zeppelin ripped off all their music. Don't tell anyone that's a Led Zeppelin fan. But then Nigel comes out and this man knows how to set a gimmick up. He's got Union Jack knee pads. He's got a Guinness-style McGuinness t-shirt. He's got Union Jack iron, which is awesome. He's got the blonde spiked hair, so you know exactly who he is just by his hair. Yep. Very clever. Also, um, 
he is huge in this compared to yeah. how he looks now. And like, he has been stacking on those calories. He was a big, big boy. And then, as you said, he, massive. even to when he went to TNA as Desmond Wolf, yeah. he was like half the size of how he is in ROH. Yeah, this time he's big, he's tall. Like he really towers over Jay yeah. Lethal. He's the obvious dominant heel, you know? I think that Nigel McGuinness is the saddest story of pro wrestling. Because yeah. if he hadn't have turned out as a WWE commentator, and in my opinion, one of the better ones, I know you're not a fan, but um, then that would have been a really, really upsetting way to go out. You know? Yeah, definitely. Because his more mainstream stuff with respect to what he did Ring of Honor is when he'd slimmed down and he was feuding with people like Joe and he was feuding with Kurt Angle in TNA. Mm-hmm. And the Desmond Wolf character was so good. And McGuinness start to finish amazing amazing wrestler but because his career was cut short it's always going to be one of those what ifs the pure rules match okay we've got three rope breaks what do you think about these rules i know they're not really exhibited here but i'm it's a bit too gimmicky for me it's the same thing as like the uh the impact grand championship where you have your judges it's it's not pro wrestling to me i like it if it's just a gimmicked match so it's a case of right here's the rules you can have three rope breaks if they're like submission wrestlers but the whole idea of the pure title understanding that it's supposed to be pure wrestling mm-hmm. for ROH and sort of what they stand for I like I like the naming of it I like the idea that it's in an emphasised technical wrestling the rope breaks things doesn't make sense to me though no I think if you're going to do something like that it's like if you do a, an eye rake or a closed fist and you're disqualified instantly and lose the belt if you're the champion yeah that's it, maybe it, a pure it, title it certainly encourages a certain style of wrestling yeah which I love that Nigel has this gimmick here where he's good enough of a technical wrestler to be able to do all the stuff that pure wrestling matches are expected to have but he cheats because he's a dick <laughs> yeah and outside of the big matches on the card McGuinness best heel of the night Oh, definitely. I would say... Oh, I'd say Heel of the Night. Heel of the Night, yeah, yeah, definitely. So there's this brilliant moment as they're doing the introduction explaining the rules where a fan interrupts this. So Nigel grabs the mic and just starts ripping the piss out of them, essentially. Uh, only He talks about Americans only inventing baseball because you're no good at cricket. <laughs> yeah. uh, he then goes on to go, he's the best there is, the best there was, and boo! How dare you use Brett's line? Uh, just start the match, shall we? which is absolutely brilliant um i love how nigel right at the beginning of this match will not let jay chop him so every time jay goes to throw the chops in nigel just kind of walks away or he puts his elbows up in this match jay lethal showed how important it is to work in different promotions with different wrestlers because the jay lethal we see here is completely different to the jay lethal we see now obviously he's gone through his gimmick character Mm -hmm. um and uh, oh yeah, <laughs> Macho Man Elizabeth. <laughs> nice, very Thanks. nice. Um, but then to how he is now as a character in ROH, real development, always very considered with how he changes his character. But his in-ring work, it's just completely different to now. And yeah. I know, obviously, if you're wrestling for 13 years, you're going to get better. But sometimes you see wrestlers who get complacent. Mm-hmm. And while I very much like people like Sabin and Alex Shelley, they've done the same act for the last 13 years. Pretty much, yeah. And it's a good act, but it's the same thing as I was mildly critical. I say mildly. I was very critical of <laughs> the Young Bucks. That it's only in recent years they've started to evolve as characters. Mm, yeah, maybe. Sabin and Shelley kept the same style of wrestling. 
for, for their singles and their tag. Jay Lethal has continually got better. He's brought in different layers to his character. He's brought in more moves. And I think overall, Jay Lethal is the most improved wrestler on this card to later because Joe's always been great. Do you disagree? Are you not a Jay Lethal fan? <laughs> Jay Lethal, the most improved man in pro wrestling. Well, no, from this card. Mm. So here's my thing. Like, I don't mind Jay Lethal. Yeah. Um, all the people you mentioned, I'd rather watch their matches than Jay Lethal's matches. I wouldn't say I'd rather watch <laughs> Jay Lethal. I just think he's the most... I wouldn't say I'd, I I watch Jay Lethal. Stop touching things. Sorry, I just, I'm fidgeting. <laughs> I, just, I can hear it. <laughs> it's my back of my neck. I Sorry, w- mate. I wouldn't say that I'd prefer to watch Jay Lethal. I'd just say as character development and in-ring development, he's a lot better yeah I'm still not desperate no. to watch his wrestling though I, I think he is good yeah. I think he's improved a lot um, TNA ruined a lot of his gimmick for me I thought he went there too early personally I think so um, he then spent obviously a lot of time in ROH and has had a bunch of good runs and has helped the company progress I feel like he's the safe option a lot for them would you say he's the Tommy Dreamer of ROH as in uh, who the go-to guy he's a really good hand in the ring he yeah. helped them develop he stayed loyal to ROH possibly. yeah I, I think I think again like a lot of these undercard matches he's he's very good he's very solid like uh, he is Mr. Reliable as you say um, but it's not spectacular enough or anything to get me really interested I don't think I've ever seen a Jay Lethal match that I've really wanted to watch again ever I think with Jay Lethal um and I like his work, but mm-hmm. you never see him linked to WWE. Yeah. You never see him linked to the PC. Whereas people like Sabin, Shelley, you do. You hear mutterings of it. Obviously, not so much in recent years. Mm-hmm. But Jay Lethal's very rarely linked, if at all, to going yeah. to the bigger companies again. And I think that potentially shows, as you said, with with how how you and I think quite a lot of people view Jay Lethal's work. Very good hand, but what's next? In this time period, he's at least trying different stuff. I feel now he's pretty straightforward. You can almost predict how his matches are going to go every time. Uh, I don't like that about wrestling. I don't like predictability. I want to be surprised, entertained, you know? Well, that's why the finish of this match was quite good. Yeah, definitely. Nigel does a kick to Lethal's spine while he's in the tree of Jerry Lawrence. Whoa. Uh, they messed up the who uh, got the last, the first rope break uh, to the point where the ref goes, oh, yeah, Nigel's got the first rope break. So the ref goes, oh, yeah, he has lost his first rope break. And he's like, wait, that's wrong. And so in the confusion, <laughs> they announced that it's Lethal or Nigel, whatever. I can't remember which way around it was. has got the first rope break. The crowd chant, you fucked up. You fucked up. And in this whole kerfuffle, which seems to be planned, it seems to be quite, I think this is Nigel's doing, if I'm totally honest. Nigel distracts the ref, smashes Lethal's head into the iron and pins him for the one, two, three. Uh, oh, this is genius to me. It's the first finish I've seen with an iron. Yeah. It, it's, I love, um... That this is meant to be pure technical wrestling, and Nigel's just talking to a prick. He's like, "Boom, pin ya. See you later." And as you said, it's it was nice that the kerfuffle looked staged, but they did it well enough so you could actually have that thought of something gone horribly wrong here. It took me a while thinking about it to think like, "Oh, they planned that, didn't they?" Like initially, I was just like, "Oh no, they've actually screwed up," and the fans are so brutal at this time. They're so quick to chant, "You fucked up." I think they know planning this that this this is exactly how it's going to yeah. go. And it goes down to an absolute T. 
Um, classic, classic McGuinness character at that time as well, yeah. wasn't it? Always cheating, never won clean, even though he had the ability to every time. Brits are always the baddies. Randy. <laughs> so my favourite part of the whole match is the post pinfall. Nigel gets up, he blows kisses to the fan. <laughs> I'm going to have to struggle to get through this. Nigel blows kisses to the fans, makes Todd Sinclair put the belt around Nigel's waist, raise his hands in victory, and he picks up the mic and goes, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart how much your support means to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, God bless the Queen. And with a tear in my eye, God bless America. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was on fire. Absolutely. Big Nige. How was he not WWE bound straight away after this? He's such a bad guy. Just, I think, an unfortunate timing for everything. And I think just WWE didn't want indie guys at this point. Yeah. They think they're a bit hokey and all this sort of stuff. Imagine these promos with like arenas full of like 12,000 people. And then they went through a phase of not hiring TNA guys. So I know obviously in his TNA run, it's when he became inactive. Hmm. Well, he tried to go WWE with Dragon at the time. That was medical tests. Because on... Um, concussions and hepatitis yeah. and stuff, wasn't it, after watching that documentary? Because was that Cabana's Road Diaries? Uh, no, it was Nigel's documentary oh, okay. about the end of his career. Oh, right. Okay, I've never it's watched like, it. Uh, it's really, really cool. Nigel made a little documentary. I say little. It's, I think it's about 90 minutes. Where he's documenting the last tour he does the UK and the Americas oh, and right, such, okay. knowing his career is coming to an end. And he talks about how and why, and like that's the big unveiling is that, yeah. It was he thought it was due to people blading in the ring uh, and the blood getting in with his blood and so creating like you know this and all these concussion problems and such so yeah because yeah. because Dra- dragon had problems getting WWE as well with his medical testing to start with mm-hmm. sorry mate yeah it was all concussions wasn't yeah. it yeah so <laughs> Nigel comes in he shakes Jay's hand while he's still limping down what a prick <laughs> uh, and then there's the, again like we mentioned earlier Nigel kind of can't quite work out how to get through the curtains as he's exiting like he's like lifting one up going is this the exit and then someone from the back eventually just kind of sticks their hands through and opens the curtains for him and he just walks out but um, yeah he's such such a good heel at this point I absolutely yeah. adore it right let's move on so trumpets <laughs> what's this I'd forgotten this give it completely so a woman appears <laughs> seemingly slapped through the curtain Uh, but eventually I work out she's actually been yanked by the dog collar she's wearing because that's so much better and we have Prince Nana and Jimmy Rave come out with a woman who I don't know who this is at this point I believe this is Jade Chung Uh, it is Jade Chung I worked out eventually because they'd say her name a few times and she is literally on a leash and a collar Um, already I'm turned off this (laughs) it's it's maybe not done so much nowadays it's very ECW yeah I I wasn't a fan and obviously um, I've seen Jimmy Rave stuff when he was in TNA I've never really been a fan of Roderick Strong so this match to me was very much I'm going to go make a sandwich yeah so I I did I can understand Uh, Jimmy Rave was super super heel at this point and this ROH's whole gimmick is that it's about work rate. It's about how good you are in the ring, how strong style you are. It's very much that Japanese basis. And Jimmy is the antithesis of everything that that is. He's a wuss. He won't take hits. He does like a generic WWE indie style. Um, it's, it's a clever gimmick of the time period, but I can understand why he wouldn't enjoy his matches, to be totally honest. Yeah, I mean, again, good worker, but does nothing for me. And I think, again, my main exposure to him was TNA, Jimmy Rave. Yeah, but the fans truly hate him. He's doing his job. Oh, yeah, definitely. And in, in here, you can get, it gets across. And in fairness, when I came back in after my cheese and ham sandwich, <laughs> it was very tasty. Lovely. Crispy lettuce, very nice. Um, Really good match. Yeah. But 
I just, I found it very difficult to get into that. As in, like the technique in the ring, both wrestlers were are very good workers, but neither of them do it for me. I think you're being generous. They're 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 good. They're solid. They're of this time period. Lots of big spots. They they do tons of chops in this match to drive me crazy because I'm like, are you not aware what the main event is? Yeah, this is this was a prime example of always. Um, and again, some of the things on the cards that I've been involved with, and obviously you hear some of the guys when they're planning their matches, it's a case of, right, you're in an opener, so don't go to the outside of the ring. Yeah. We're going to do this spot. Is anyone else doing this spot to make sure you've got that originality throughout the card? And one uh, my... this is to the extreme at this point. Yeah, like, one... They know it's Kenta Kobashi Samoa Joe in the main event. One of my Don't notes... do multiple chops in the yeah. corner. My note basically says here, stealing from main event, brackets, haven't watched main event yet, assuming there'll be chops, close bracket. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you know anything about Kenta Kobashi, then yeah, you're correct, yeah. obviously. So uh, just to get over how much uh, they hate Jimmy Rave, these fans, uh, I've written out four comments that you can clearly hear on the, the, the Roman cam. Uh, die, Jimmy, die is the first chant. I heard you like boys. It's the Jesus. next one. <laughs> you piece of shit is the next one. And just simply fuck off as it gets in the ring. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, that New York really doesn't like Jimmy Rave. He gets the toilet roll treatment. Um, I think this was the first guy to have this toilet roll treatment. I know kind of gone to the extreme of uh, Zach Gibson doing it and other people doing it. I think um, British Strong Style have had the treatment yeah. times. But um, being covered in toilet roll. This is definitely um, because obviously the streamers were a big thing for ROH and had the main event, had tons of streamers. So to cover your most hated heel in toilet roll was really fun and original at this time. Yeah. And again, if you didn't know who was heel or face, the crowd let you know. So exactly. again, from, if you were watching this for the first time, you knew who was playing which part. So Jay Chung is wrapped in a sheet, and the gimmick is that she's being kind of like. She's not allowed to unveil herself. Like, it's that sable gimmick Marrow they sable, did. sable, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's okay. It's getting over. It's getting heat. But it's it's a little bit, I don't know, a bit a bit typical, a bit obvious, a bit too far, you know? Yeah. And again, watching it, I mean, not saying that it was right in 2005, but seeing how positive people are now about women in sports entertainment or yeah. in, in, in professional wrestling or any sport see a lady being paraded around in a dog collar and a leash even if i'd seen this 13 years ago i'd have been like that's not for me yeah yeah so on the other end of the spectrum do you think roderick strong is a little bland i can't stand roderick strong he's wearing black trunks his yeah. gimmick is that he says come on <laughs> and you're like oh, okay yeah this is you right and it's still the same now for me for roderick strong yay you've got a good backbreaker yay <laughs> But that's. I think maybe you're being a little harsh, but I know what you're saying. I said there's there's nothing wrong with in ring, but I mean, like we said before, Gargano is fantastic in ring. His character sucks. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, is excellent in the ring, and he's got a great character. <laughs> Forever comparing Johnny Gargano with Dragon. Yeah, I like <laughs> to be consistent. You've done that in almost every part. I think when it's not the right company. But like, I I agree with you. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But it's like you obviously have a serious point to make over here. But it's just yeah, Roderick Strong. <laughs> Good wrestler. Do you think Dragon's going to continue with WWE? I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like he is. It's the more and more I see reading about it. He's like, it could all be BS. He's announced for the Australia Super Show, mm. but so is The Undertaker. Right. I would like him to... I think if he stays in WWE, he's safe. I think if he goes to New Japan and has a little bit more flexibility about what style of wrestling he can do, 
and you know he, he's a grown ass man so he knows his capability he knows his limitations yeah I would be disappointed for him to leave WWE for the fact that I get to see him in more marquee matches mm-hmm. I think for his own sanity he should leave so for me without wishing to spoil G1s and such like that there's some big splits happening in New Japan's factions at the moment. So, for example, um, Okada and Jay White are having issues, even though they're both in chaos. Um, <laughs> basically, everyone in chaos has issues with Jay White. Yep. <laughs> That's what it's boiled down to. Uh, so does Josh Barnett. <laughs> indeed, yeah. You've got the Bullet Club split. Okay, yep. You've got a few other factions kind of like having guys, like, so, for example, Sanada and Tetsuya Naito, are kind of having issues right through the yeah. G1. Because um, obviously, you know, Snada's coming up and is having five-star matches every single night at the moment. Yeah, good old LIJ. Yeah, like, holy crap, this G1's been good. So the point being that I think that a lot of the factions and a lot of the stories in New Japan are just about to have, like, a reset. So if there's any time to get in with New Japan, it's soon. New York does a Jimmy Loves Cox chant. You stay classy, New York. Can you say that for me in your best... Uh... Ron Burgundy? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you stay classy, New York. You stay... Cl- Go fuck yourself, New York. <laughs> uh, What's does... for lunch? <laughs> surprise, surprise. Roddy does backbreakers. Do you believe it? Uh, Rafe hits a Northern Lights bomb literally onto Roddy's head that was pretty brutal. Again, emphasizing the style at this time. Ouch. Head drops among head drops. Um... Does the lung blower sort of thing, then looks in the stronghold, which is the lion tamer, but into like his lower back rather than onto his neck. Nice little variation, I thought, pretty unique. Um, and yeah, he taps out. Um, so Roderick Strong wins. Yay! After and then, then we've got a little bit of shenanigans after. Yep. Which again does nothing for me. No, they kind of get into a bit of a brawl. Uh, what's her name? Jade Chung. Jade Chung takes off her sheet thing to unveil a not very revealing outfit. I was like, ooh, titillating. Yeah, indeed. Titillating is a lovely <laughs> word for it, sir. We come back from the intermission. Rage Against the Machine is playing, and Ricky Reyes comes out with Julius Smokes. Uh, no intro for Pele Primo, though. Um, Gabe Sapolsky on commentary under his pseudonym of Jimmy Bauer, which I thought was kind of cute. Um, he doesn't say dangerous once, though, so that's kind of upsetting. Uh, <laughs> Reyes completely destroys Pele, uh, puts him in the Dragon Sleeper, and Pele taps straight away. It's all right. Squash. Pele was from their school, wasn't he? Yep. Did he do anything? Uh, not really. He had a few gimmicks in here and there. He went to Shikara for a bit, then kind of disappeared off the scene. I'm assuming he's still working indies now. Most of these sort of guys tend to, you know. But again, my um, my note for this was built to build Ricky Reyes. Good, you know, good dragon sleeper. Good move. I enjoy it. Yep. Didn't really do much for me. No, you've it's killed, what it is. You've killed a rookie. Yeah. Nice finish. Brap, brap. <laughs> so then we move on to Jimmy Yang versus James Gibson so the fans massively appreciate Gibson they know this is one of his last matches we get please don't go chance uh, we get a handshake between the two how um, do you feel about a please don't go chant because obviously if he's already signed a contract and they're saying please don't go it's a case of I'm going yeah. so I think this comes from back in the day with ECW um, they would chant you sold out at people that were going to WCW or WF. Yeah. So um, the the antithesis of that is when I think it was Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. Dean at the same Malenko. Time, wasn't it? They chanted "Please don't go" rather than "You sold out." Yeah. 
And so I think it was of that moment in that they just wanted to say like, oh, we just love you guys so much. Like, we know you're going to go. We know there's more money there. We know you want to make a living. But just like, but please don't. Please stay. Like, we'd love you to. I think it's said in a, in a different context to what like the initial face value okay. of it is, you know? I onto that one i remember taz is leaving ecw yeah and some of the the crowd were chanting please don't go and one bloke went you suck taz (laughs) fuck you and then axel ross was like no don't say that (laughs) (laughs) oh good on him why not mate so there's some really beautiful sequences in this match um i'm not massively into it but it's definitely one of the better matches of the night yeah i i agree um they know each other they know each other's styles it works well there are some I mean, there were some clever, clever spots. I love a power bomb into the corner when it's not done by Tyler Black slash Seth Rollins. Buckle bombs, yeah, yeah. Um, but very safe, very good, solid match. Get double lariats from the both, which doesn't really work for me because they're both quite small guys. Yeah. Like, but you know, you can see what they're going for. Um, this Yang time thing, Jimmy Yang's doing it this time. This sp- it's a spiral tap, isn't it? That AJ does. Yeah. Like a spinning, what do you call it? Two seventy, I guess. Because he goes from standing to flat, but it's a front like three quarter flip. Yeah, 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 it's pretty impressive. He misses the first one, unfortunately, for him. But you know, indie wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Using <laughs> my comment a lot of this, it's indie wrestling. Yeah, Noble teases the Tiger Driver, which he's using as his finish at the time, uh, but ends up in a choke. But Yang gets free. Uh, I thought that was probably going to be the finish of the match. To be totally honest, um, they get very kind of like false finishy here. Which is, I think, justified. I think yeah. they're allowed to because not, not lots of other people in the matches haven't. So it's nice to see this kind of reserved for this spot at this point. Yeah, and and again, rightly so, based on positioning of the card. Absolutely, yeah. So he hits the Yang time, but then Gibson kicks out of it. So they teased it, he missed it, hit it, still kicks out. It's quite a cool moment, yep, you know. Nice. Definitely getting that over. Goes for a third one, but no, we get the buckle bomb as you said. Brutal looking Tiger driver, but then Yang kicks out of that as well. Uh, and then James Gibson chokes out Yang, and Yang instantly taps. So yeah, not a bad match. Yeah, very good, and a good send off to go back to the WWE. For uh, not bad for a vanilla midget and an Asian cowboy. <laughs> 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 That's like Vince McMahon in my head coming out, you know. Um, I I liked the uh the post match from from Gibson as well, sort of being very grateful to Ring of Honor, and yep. so I'll. You know, appreciating what they've done for him after he left WWE to come in, won their title, and did a, did a stellar job. As I said earlier, then he um, now it's time to go because Sylvan ain't going to job to himself. Yeah, it's a nice moment. Very nice. And he picks Roderick Strong, your favourite wrestler, for his last match. <laughs> what yeah, a shame. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was just preparing for going to WWE and was like, oh, I just have to work with these like dull ass baby faces uh, fair enough <laughs> so then we've got homicide versus jack evans and my first thing that i notice is what the hell is jack evans wearing stylish <laughs> <laughs> he looks totally different to how he does now and i remember this jack evans obviously but we've got a white do-rag with a cap combination he's got shorts which are the length of trousers and massively wide so it's like um, like early 90s like new metal style shorts yeah. and like dude this is 2005 this is not 1997 I, I, i'd expect to see the corn bass player dressed as this very much so yeah. he's got uh, the arms uh, the sleeves cut off of his t-shirt and he's wearing sneakers and white socks and you're like it doesn't look like a wrestler right. tony hawk versus metal bass player in yeah. one one sort of set of in-ring attire yeah it's surreal isn't it it's it's it, it's jack he's unique uh i would never want him to change for anyone but yeah, this this ring gear is dog crap at this point. Um, Homicide's music is awesome. 
Get that from Kill Bill. And just like, oh, this is so cool. Like, it fits his character perfectly as well. Yeah, with the Rottweilers and Julius Smokes out as well. And then the instant homicide is going to kill you gimmick. You can tell he was really over at this point. It's like, I always thought of um, homicide during this time as an extension of New Jack and ECW. Oh, nice. Like yeah, that I see that. viciousness of like New Jack and that you're always off the wall sort of vibe. I, I can't remember what I am. Um, that was it. Yeah, I am. Um, I remember listening to a podcast, obviously slightly segueing on the subject of New Jack. It's cool. Um, of New Jack's saying that they were going to bring John, uh, him in as John Cena's bodyguard after <laughs> Jesus stabbed John Cena in a club so he could go off and record a movie. Yeah, of course they were. That was definitely going to happen. Good old New Jack. Definitely a PG or WWE wrestler all in all. Just never. With his history of stabbing people, you think Vince is ever going to hire that man? Hell no. Hell no. Definitely not. Um, there's some cool little movements here. You get like um, Homicide doing a little flip out of a monkey flip, which does a little dance as well. Gets a You Got Served chant by the crowd. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jack dances back, but instantly gets betrayed and beaten on. So yeah, stuff happens. Um, Jack is super, super bendy. Whenever he puts him in submission, like he gets to the point where his foot is touching the back of his head. You're like, I dream of being that flexible, you know. Like, can you touch your toes? Just about, yeah. <laughs> I can't. If I bend my legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, really fun match, though. Yeah, really fun match. Obviously, carrying on the storyline from earlier in the night with Cabana being sort of kicking about as well. Yeah, so the match is fairly decent up to that point. Yeah. You say, uh, Cabana comes out on the um, the balcony. And he's basically doing like gangster rap <laughs> from a white Jewish dude from Chicago. He does an all right job of it, to be fair. Not he's got bad. some funny Not lines. Like, I didn't really write them down apart from the very first one, which is, yo, 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 gangster. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's amazing. And That's, he just nailed it to a it's T. Vanilla Ice White Boy rather yeah. than like Eminem White Boy, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Homicide does a huge lariat just before this, which is awesome. I love Homicide's lariat. He's, he throws it like Kabashi or Suzuki or someone would, even though he's like, you know, our size. My notes was in a sort of big, bold capital letters, Lariat! Yeah, <laughs> seriously was. Uh, you get a reverse Rana by Jack, which is, I think, one of the first times you've seen this reverse Rana. Mm. He's definitely one of the first guys to do it. Awesome move. Uh, he does a cool pin thing. I don't know if you know what this move is called. It's like a wheelbarrow sort of pin. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it looked really cool. Very cool. Very flashy. Yeah. Very Jack Evans. I think Jack is fairly reserved in this match, considering what he can do. He can do like double moonsaults and stuff. You yeah. Know? Um, but I think it fit the match. Yeah. Because obviously, um, leading into this, Jack Evans wasn't the main focal point of Homicide's story. He was not a really good foil to, to carry on the story from earlier in the night. So again, it's all Homicide and Cabana really, and Jack yeah. just happens to be the guy at Homicide's wrestling. Which again, why would you give all your good stuff if it's not going to be the talking point of the match? Yeah. So Prezak on commentary says these amazing words that sent shivers down my spine. Uh, we're going to sign off now and let you fans enjoy what there will be an electric live atmosphere in your main event. And there is no commentary for the main event whatsoever. The idea is that the crowd's going to tell the story for you. The wrestlers are going to be so good that we don't even need to commentate it to put it over. What an awesome gimmick. They do this a few times. Yeah, and it really worked for me. Yeah, I mean, not only because I wasn't a fan of their commentary, and I think that would have ruined the main event, but as you said, absolute genius. Whoever made that call, it just added to the match because, as we'll get to, just the drama that unfolded to these two athletes telling a story with the crowd being essentially the narrators of what they're doing. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> in a big way. So right before this event, uh, before this main, right before this main event, we get a typical Gabe thing. We're trying to shill all the ROH <laughs> stuff. <laughs> like we've got TNA DVDs, we've got WWE DVDs, we've got like T-shirts. You can buy everything from us. ROHwrestling.com. It's basically like the Big Lebowski speech. <laughs> it's it's so good. Like it's the best promo ever. The fact that you stuck it in before the main event, knowing that like people are gonna rip it and stuff. Like oh, I love you, Gabe Sapolsky. I really got it. So. We cut back to the arena, arena, room, whatever, and instantly we've got Kobashi, Kobashi. The crowd is insanely hot right from the beginning. Um, this is the first time ever that Samoa Joe and Kenta Kobashi have wrestled. So on um, Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, Joe uh, was talking about how Kobashi, when he came to America for the first time to wrestle Joe, thought he would be a heel, an unknown and uh joe's words to him were trust me big baby face <laughs> <laughs> and uh this crowd really just erupts for everything like i i i didn't write many notes for this match because i just sat back and watched it last night and i started watching it again just before you arrived just to gain that atmosphere and i don't think there's a hotter crowd ever i loved it i watched it on the dvd and i also watched it on my phone one lunchtime at my desk nice and as you said the match start to finish. There is no bad part of this match at all. Yeah. I know we've said in previous podcasts and we sort of pick a match of the night, a match of the card. And it was obviously it was going to be this based on Joe versus Kabashi as the title of the DVD in the show. Mm-hmm. But even as someone, and you know, when I, when, I, um, when I popped over and dropped the DVD back the other day and I was like, yeah, it was a good show. It was a good show up until this main event. Where it's, yeah. It's- it was insane cool. this is the hardest hitting main event that i have <laughs> seen of that time period and obviously as i said i know we've seen some stuff in a uh, in new japan when we've been to visit and we've seen our good friends forearming the daylights out of each other in that spot but this match the only thing i noted down just to talk about was <laughs> kabashi's hundred hand slap yeah like e honda style yeah yeah oh my god i <laughs> and, uh, and as you said to me about when you said about the DVD and that a lot of this undercard isn't available elsewhere, but the fact that anyone who listens to this can go and watch this match on YouTube, I would encourage anyone just just pause the pod, <laughs> go stick this on YouTube, and then come back. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't come back, I'd yeah. like you to, but my <laughs> God, you'll just watch this match and it'll be amazing. Don't think that some people, I have seen comments on some stuff of the online versions, but it's like, where's the commentary? The reason there is no commentary was established prior to this match before someone who ever ripped it and put it on their YouTube channel. But yeah, just hard-hitting, strong style. Wow. Even like the storytelling in it is so brilliant. The way right at the beginning, they're kind of facing off, they shake hands like the traditional ROH stuff and you can see Kobashi respecting what's happening and really like letting it sink in like how big this crowd response was. It must be the first time he's ever been in a crowd like this. Definitely. And the fact that, as you said, and made mention to, if he thought he was coming over here to be a big heel. Yeah, like an unknown kind of like, you know, cheesy underdog, sort of like traditional foreign heel in America. But to then have the intelligent RIH fans who've done their research to know of this guy's history, as you said, it must have been really touching for him to be a case of, I'm an unknown, but they are adoring me for my art yeah brilliant i said perfect storytelling i remember watching i've watched this match maybe 50 60 times easy maybe hundreds 
um, because I had that crappy file of it that I just watch on repeat essentially sometimes. And the thing that I always love about this match is it has a slow build feel to it. They're building to that finale. But right at the beginning of the match, they kind of lock up. They're jostling with each other's kind of knuckle lock. And then Joe kicks away at one of Kabashi's legs. And Kabashi's like, um, what? No, we're locking up. We're wrestling. And he'll go to do it. And Joe will kick his leg again. He's like, all right, I'm starting to get pissed off now. Like, can you not do that? And then eventually Joe just slowly pushes him back into the ropes. Taps him on the chest like he's going to release him. Just clean slaps Kobashi as hard as he can across Kobashi's face. And the whole place just pops at the same yeah. time for one slap. Like they've done four little things, three kicks and a slap. And the whole crowd is 100% with them. Yeah. How many people would you say were in this crowd? Uh, apparently there's about a thousand or so, but it doesn't look like that. It looks like a couple of hundred. And it sounds like a couple of thousands it's one of the very clever production things they stole from ecw which um a lot of companies don't do anymore because it seems lo-fi is that they're just boosting their audio levels from ringside mics a little bit too much so it constantly peaks i remember watching this dvd last night and it was quite late when i was watching this main event and thinking that this was a lot louder than it actually was because if you actually look at how much the levels are peaking they're not really going that far but when they recorded it, they let it peak. It has that illusion of a really oh, big okay. crowd clever. of people. It's a very, very clever, clever production technique. Uh, and so, yeah, every time like there is a huge pop like that, which is constant throughout this match, it sounds like thousands of people. Just that clever little production trick, you know. I mean, you have to have a crowd, hot crowd to do it in the first place. But, yeah. Yeah, and as you said, start to finish, they were eating up. They could do anything. The way I put it was uh, I couldn't stop smiling while watching it, especially the first like five minutes. And the, the the atmosphere is contagious. You get kind of wrapped up in it. And it was proper heel face wrestling. Amazing storytelling for a match that had no story, that had no build. Yeah, no, no, no build in terms of they haven't like cheated on each other with this girlfriend or something like that. But the story of both guys coming up as these separate, similar styled champions, yeah. the young guy and the old guy, there is an established story there. But it's much more traditionally... Yeah, but it hasn't been played out on all of their shows. We haven't had run-ins. We haven't had interaction yeah, exactly. face-offs. It's the yeah. first time they've been in the ring. It's the first time they, they've built it. And yeah. the respect... And that's the thing as well of the independent fans at this time because you have people who are 100% ROH and nothing else fans. And it really adds to the promotion. And it really adds to this match. How into the promotion they are. How proud they are that they are fans of ROH. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. This is one of my all-time favorite matches ever. It's right up there. It always was. People complain that there's no selling and that it's too strong style, like they're too stiff with each other. For me, it's that's what this match needed. It's what it deserved. It's, yes, they run the risk of causing a few injuries to each other. Like there's a lot of head bumps. Like there's a sleeper suplex Kabashi does. Yeah. And he puts him in a sleeper and just picks him up and just kind of leans like 45 degrees back. Not the full extension. Yeah, a bit wincy. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that eventually Masawa died from with that back suplex. And so it is scary, some of the stuff they're doing, but it's definitely of the time period. Um, I think they needed to be this stiff. And like the state of Joe's chest after Kobashi has chopped him. It looks awful. Oh. Absolutely awful. And I said like there was the, there was like the, the 10 chops and then there was about 20 chops and then I started counting and I lost count at 57. <laughs> he just, yeah. And the, the fact how as well Kabashi sort of half over is like, 
okay more <laughs> but it's that sort of thing that selling like oh god i'm so tired but oh, i'm gonna give you some more and he went for it is their style of selling in this match if you if instantly kabashi does one big move and joe's just down on the floor dead they're not selling the fact that they're these two behemoths they're meant to be like both unbeatable kind of characters so the underselling of those elements at the beginning especially is is needed. It's part of the yeah. story. It would be weird if they were like doing normal wrestling selling. Joe's facial expressions in that mass run of like over sort of 60 slaps, you could tell by yeah. the end of it, it was like, this is really hurt. Like, there's moments where Joe grabs Kabashi's head and is just like forking him in the <laughs> forehead, just like a short distance. And like every other person he's done that to is like, that's his ultimate, like, oh, I'm going to fall on the floor now. But Kabashi just stands up and is like, yeah! Joe's reaction to it, where he's like, oh, what the hell? Like, how dare you? Like, there's something I think is outstanding in this match. Like, people complain that it's not. John Cena, Randy Orton levels of sort of selling stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like, can you imagine? <laughs> what a shit can you imagine match how to compare crap- it to. But that's what people think, I'm sure. You know? Oh, man. Can you imagine if he's flopping around like Shawn Michaels, for example? Yeah, well, as we said on the pod last week, the atomic drop into like the front flip barrel roll. Yeah. Slap. What a joke if Kabashi does that for Joe. Can you <laughs> yeah. imagine? But Makes like, no sense. Two big lads. You don't need, as you said, the selling for the little bits because it made everything else they did more important. And there was no wasted move in this match. Yeah. Every move had a purpose. Every reaction led to another reaction. And it was, yeah, it was it was brilliant. I said, it's the first time I've ever seen this match. Yeah. But like when you mentioned this to me, that this is the match you show people who've never watched wrestling before. It certainly was, yeah. It yeah, I, I'd agree. If anyone wanted to say, oh, can you show me sort of an example of what, what wrestling is it? Does it hurt? Like modern heavyweight wrestling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people see the modern wrestling now with a lot more spots, a lot of false finishes, a lot of flips, high high energy stuff. This was high energy, but it was so... It's, I wouldn't even say violent. It was so... I, I, I'm lost for it. It's it's just so tough. Two tough guys wanting to be the best. And when storytelling is that pure and that basic with no complexity. Yeah. And just to do it in the ring, two amazing pros. Yeah, exactly. There's some really cool moments like where Joe puts him into a submission. Kabashi reaches for the rope, so he changes up the submission to like the rings of Saturn. And then once he gets his foot over the rope, he changes that up into like the cross face and things like this, and just keeping his arms away from the ropes. Like very clever little technical bits that kind of get pops every time he does it. And every little like motion in a submission, of the crowd like, whoa! Like you don't get that from a regular wrestling match. You could have put that match in any promotion and it would have been one of the best matches that Maybe. promotion have ever had. I, I agree with that. I think the crowd are incredibly generous right from the beginning and deservedly so because they make this match so so much fun to watch probably a bold statement because obviously i've not watched too much of the product yeah. um after sort of the summer of punk would you say that ring of honor fans would consider this to be the best ring of honor match of all time uh i do so yeah i think there are other it's it's tricky in that it's kind of a crossover match because Kabashi wasn't a regular really far away. She does wrestle a few other matches. He does like a tag match the next night and such. But really, he's a pro wrestling Noah guy and is very much in the latter stages of his career. Uh, so Kabashi um, had a break with cancer after this. So stopped and then came back to have like a real big return match and then retired around 2013, I think it okay. was. Uh, I think it's around then. 
And so he has a good run after this. But he's, he's, the shape he's in in this match is pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. Like he looks like a V-shape. You know what I mean? Like he's got a big upper body and like a small waist. And in la- latter years, he very much becomes like an L-shape. You know, just <laughs> like a big dude. Um, which, you know, he's, he's definitely of an age at that point where it's obviously going to happen. But um, I love in this match where they genuinely get you to points where you think Kabashi might get pinned or submitted. So Joe hits the muscle buster, which I don't think anyone had kicked out of up until this point. Maybe someone had, maybe a dragon or someone. But it was very much one of those moves I remember people doing and being like, that that's it every time he hit it. And so for him to hit that to Kabashi, to ca- Kabashi to kick out, and then eruption as yeah. well of the crowd when that happened. It's huge, man. But the fact that they finished this in the, the traditional way of just giving him one huge lariat from Kabashi to Joe, which I still <laughs> seen a million gifts of to this day. And it's it looks so good. The way they sell it, the way the sweat flies as they hit each other. It's it's intense, man. Yeah. I massively encourage anyone to go watch this match. Dave Meltzer gave it five stars. And this was at the time when he was only giving five stars out, not like 27 or whatever it is now. But the... um. How do you think this um, match will be received to, I call it the modern wrestling audience, so obviously we've been watching this r- wrestling since the early 90s. I think people are much safer nowadays, and so to watch this, and when they are going that hard on each other, uh, I think is, you know, I think that will get over with anyone pretty much. So would you say, because obviously a lot of the matches which we've watched on these cards so far, especially if we've watched some of the old, the older shows, yeah, where the matches at the time were great. So, for example, we talk like Brett Piper, fantastic match. But if you compare it to a similar level match today, where there's so much more to it, people might go, "Oh, that's old." Yeah, yeah. Whereas this is new. Do you think that this level of strong style match would still Essentially, is it a timeless match, would you say? I'd say so, yeah. The, the big thing this has that a lot of the other kind of classic, strong style, slow build matches has is that right from the beginning, the crowd are completely into it. There's a little lull in the middle so they can build towards the end, but it's very cleverly constructed and there's still some interesting stuff happening. A lot of the time with strong style matches, it's very slow and they don't give you anything at the beginning to kind of make you wait. I think this is so satisfying from beginning to end, and it's such—it's quite a compact match as well. I think it's only about twenty odd minutes. Have you got timings for this? Uh, I did note the timing down. The timing I noted down was twenty-two minutes and fourteen seconds. It, it's a perfectly disposable length, but still main event quality. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. I, I would say this match made the card for me, as expected, being the fact it's the card is called Joe versus Kabashi. Nothing on this card can touch this main event. Yeah, exactly. And. I will agree with you that through all of the shows we've watched to date for this pod, nothing can touch this match for storytelling and fan reaction. Yeah, I think this is our best match so far. I would say so. The ROH put on some killer matches around this time. Yeah, I said from someone who's not watched this match before, this was a fantastic match. I'd need to digest more as to where I'd rate it in my all-time favourite wrestling matches. Yeah. Because... I mean, that that could take ages and also <laughs> a long old list. There must be a match that you look back on and go, that's my favourite match of all time. Melina versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> of course, yeah. A favourite match ever. <laughs> um, I mean, just in modern times. Yeah, because I know what mine is straight away. Go on. I think modern times when you've got just the the crowd reaction of Punk at Money in the Bank when he was leaving in Chicago, just as the eruption of the fans... And just how he left, and the fact through the crowd. I think you just said John Cena was in your favorite match of all time. 
I am a John Cena fan. Oh, controversial. <laughs> but I would say my favourite match of all time that I would go back. And Still I- can't do an SDF. <laughs> <laughs> go on, go on. <laughs> Neither can I. <laughs> Neither can I, to be fair. I, but, d- you know. I don't bend that way. I think... <laughs> I still think one of my favourite matches of all time. Still to the bit that way. <laughs> God, he does to Nikki Bella. Wait. Oh fuck's sake! I <laughs> <laughs> favourite match of all time. Go on, Brett Bulldog, ninety-two SummerSlam. Of course, that's my choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, good man. It's the greatest match ever, and it has it's in Wembley, and it has the British Bulldog in it. Who cares? So uh, this this show is generally quite a fun one. Um, Honestly, I'd skip every match and just go to the main event. Just just watch the main event. I'd agree. Give ROH some money. St- find on their streaming service. Buy the DVD if you can. Uh, if you can't, go on YouTube. Just watch the main event. Um, but yeah, it's it's so good. The rest of it is not really worth watching, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> just bury the whole part. Thanks yep. for listening. We just basically said you've listened to us talk about wrestling that's I, I, rem- I remember this card kind of being like that and that the undercard is all fairly just like to the point and then the main event is the greatest match ever. Um, and uh, yeah, I wasn't shocked into finding anything different upon really watching it it's okay it's not bad it's a good wrestling card it's the sort of thing that in an evening sometimes if i'm doing other things i'll put wrestling on in the background yeah and sort of be sort of looking at it and then concentrate on what i'm doing on my laptop yeah it's a good card to have in the background because you'll pick out some spots the commentary does nothing for me which is why i'm so glad they didn't do the main event yeah but as as you said go and find the main event if you can't find the dvd or can't find the streaming service at the match on the streaming service, go and find it on YouTube. Yeah. And if, let us know what you think about the match because we're both big fans of this match. Yeah, definitely. You, you, as you said, you've watched it almost as many times as SummerSlam 92 DVD. Yep. <laughs> Probably not the same number, but... Not you know, as much as SummerSlam 92, but yeah, I've watched the it The second most watched. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> this is my first year at university this came out. Oh, really? And so I was away from home uh, in my dorm room or whatever watching lots of wrestling basically <laughs> look at you pretend to be an educated man <laughs> <laughs> first year didn't count towards my degree i don't even go mate <laughs> nice though but genuinely don't tell my employer <laughs> <laughs> first year of my degree didn't count towards my final grade so we just spent a dosing essentially it was great i drank a lot of booze that year <laughs> so um how many cornflakes would you give the whole card so the whole card is maybe a two I think that's fair enough in that there's not great storyline progression, there's not great matches, the tag title changes, but not in a way that I care about, you know? So it's okay. It's not a one or like a a, a minus five stars by any means. But the main event is five stars. Yeah, take out out the main event. This card would have been near AAA for me. Interesting action. Slightly better commentators. I I think that's harsh. I think you should re-watch some AAA and remember how bad it was. Slightly better commentators. Because this is, yeah, well, (laughs) dude, come on. (laughs) Do you remember how bad AAA was? Well, I remember I I had these Spanish commentators, so... Okay, yeah. For for me, it wasn't as bad. But, no, main event made this show. I agree with you that I wouldn't necessarily say go out of your way to watch all the other matches. Yeah. Um, Always good to watch Chris Daniels' match because he's very good. And again, watching early Claudio totally worth it yeah if you want to watch all your favorite WWE guys now in their early stages of the career this is a good show to watch there's yeah, a lot agree. of them yeah even TNA guys and stuff that you've definitely seen over the years you know um, the DVD has some issues uh, they filmed it in a weird they filmed and processed it in a weird transcoding 
So you have these uh, lines that come across the screen all the time. It looks proper dodgy. Um, it's a shame because it's a really easy thing to fix. If they, if, for example, if they gave me all the original footage they filmed, I could make those lines disappear and it would look really good uh, just by one simple process of exporting a video in the right codec. But um, it's a shame that they don't have that down to them. Um, <laughs> the thing that I need to mention is the shitty ring bell. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. They've literally got like what feels, sounds like a tin at ringside. Okay, dung, dung, dung. <laughs> the match starts every time. You're like, come on, invest in a ring bell and a set, please. Yeah, I'd go with one and a half to two cornflakes for the show, but I would go five cornflakes and a whole bowl of full fat milk for the main event. Hell yeah, brother. Let's top that off with some cream as well. Chocolate milk. Ooh. Oh, very nice. <laughs> now, I haven't updated Wrestle League yet. No problem. Because uh, I'm going to do it all as the SummerSlam reveal at the end. Um, and also, if I'm completely honest, I haven't watched much of Raw or SmackDown, but I did watch Raw for some of Rene Young commentary. Okay, so I haven't watched it yet, but this is a positive for me. And finally, 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 the WWE, after many years of terrible decisions and all this sort of stuff, have gotten rid of Jonathan Coachman. <laughs> <laughs> for one week. Oh, God's sake, really? I hope, I hope they see how well Rene did and basically keep this as a full-time thing. Because in all seriousness, again, I only watched about an hour of it. It really, it was a breath of fresh air. It really added something different to the commentary booth. And she knows her stuff. She really does. For someone who came in as sort of a, an outside sportscaster from Canada, she's got a great look. Every, like of the, All the chaps like her. All the girls can relate to her. And the fact that she's now doing commentary, a predominantly male-dominated industry... I know, obviously, we've got SoCal Val doing World of Sport. We've had Dahlia Black do commentary for Progress as well, which is great. We've had Lita and Beth Phoenix do stuff on May Young Classic. We obviously had Stephanie for the Royal, the Women's Royal Rumble, which was, you know, great commentary by Steph. But Renee Young is head and shoulders above all of these. <laughs> it's the worst commentary of all time, but yeah. Hey! <laughs> Having her start clapping to certain wrestlers and not playing an actual character, just being Stephanie going, I've created this women's revolution. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously the sad news of Jim Neidhart passing yeah, away. Yeah, it's a real shame. That sucks. That was a big heart foundation marker yeah. back in the day. And the most, I say upsetting picture, was the one that seems to be everyone else black and white and breached in colour that seems to be going around the net. As right. like of all the heart foundation, all these guys have gone. So Owen, Bulldog, Pillman, and now Jim Neidhart. Wow, that's Brett. messed up. Yeah. And then it's just Brett that's left. I have put a downer on the pod, Jesus. But <laughs> but just to celebrate life of a man who was a fantastic man, big guy. Best. That loud mouth. There's, there's a montage I would encourage anyone to go watch on YouTube, which is just Jim Neidhart laughing. <laughs> He's that the best. That beard as well. Yeah. Right. Let's get on to playing some games. So we, neither of us prepared anything this week, <laughs> to be honest about it. So we're going to do... Revolution Pro Wrestling Active Roster Guess Who <laughs> So if you don't know who Rev Pro are They're one of the British companies That work with New Japan And a few other people And so we've opened up Their roster pages And this is going to include Everyone on this roster page So this includes The current champions This includes The male roster This includes The contenders The officials And the alumni No female roster Interestingly Even though I know They have women's wrestling Maybe we just haven't looked on our website enough. But anyway, uh, would you like to go first? Would you I like would. to guess first or would you like to pick a wrestler? I first? would like to pick a wrestler first. Okay. So I've picked my wrestler. How many, what are the rules here? Uh, it is 
uh, let's say 10 guesses. Okay, 10 guesses and the least points wins. Correct. Okay, go on, Em. Does yours wear a mask? No. Well, that only knocks one off the roster. <laughs> Does your wrestler currently wrestle as part of New Japan Pro Wrestling? No, he does not. Okay, that is good. Is your wrestler a white male? Yes, he is, surprisingly. Considering <laughs> like most of the roster is. Process of elimination, my friend. I know, I'm with you, yeah. Do I think this wrestler's a dick? <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, Um. so it's not Morgan Webster. <laughs> no, it's definitely not Morgan Webster. Um, oh, I think they're a dick, so is it Travis Banks? No, it's not Travis Banks. You've got three left. Remember, um, it's the whole thing, and it's someone you think is definitely a dick, and I knew that you thought was a dick. Hmm. Let's say in terms of kayfabe, I knew you thought he was a dick. <laughs> um, is he American? No, he's not. Oh dear. Two left. Is it Jimmy Havoc? No, it's not. <laughs> you got one more guess. We only get three guesses, by the way. Oh no. Oh, that'll be uh, screw it. Stick with ten questions. You got one question left, so guess, I guess. Oh my god. See, what I should have done, being logical, I should have asked some more sensible questions other than, <laughs> do I think he's a dick? <laughs> My word, I think loads of Wait, I'm going to be honest. When you asked me that question, I thought you had it in the bag. But I asked, is he not American? Oh, my God, there are so many. Ah, oh, because I see he's American. Oh, it's Jay White. It's not American, I said. Yeah, he's Canadian, though, isn't he, Jay White? Oh, okay, yeah, but no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> that's not your guy. I'm out. Your man was... Chris Brooks. <laughs> oh, fucking Ricky Martin. <laughs> fucking Ricky Martin. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, now this is the thing. I, I should have got out from the kayfabe comment. I bloody love Ricky Martin, and I'd love to wrestle Ricky Martin. <laughs> your character hates him on Twitter, though. Tax Williams hates Ricky Martin. <laughs> exactly. But... You oh, are Tax Williams. Oh, on this pod, what is your name? Oh, I know, but oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh. My turn. All right, so. Hang on. Wait a second. I need to actually pick one before okay. I say Ricky Martin. As always, I'm sure you're a massive fan of the pod. <laughs> um, if you ever would like to wrestle me in an SCPW ring. Or uh, come on the podcast. Or come on the podcast. More likely want to come on the pod than... <laughs> wrestle dickhead ass me because i'm sure he's got time for either um being alan sugars you know best new employee <laughs> i am ready okay is your wrestler a british yes yes good to be fair i don't think you're going to struggle to win today because i've already obviously lucked out and run out of <laughs> answer we can only tie <laughs> okay fair enough so they are british correct are they a caucasian male they are, yes. Uh, two questions? Yes. But I think it only counts as one, right? Yeah. Because I say Caucasian male. Where, where's the things. male roster? So it's fine. Yeah, yeah, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, from their photo, <laughs> does your character have an obvious six pack? No. No. Okay. Are they or have they ever been a, like, a reasonably big star in Japan? Maybe difficult for you to answer. I'm going to say no. Okay. No. Are they on the current active roster of Rove Pro? Yes. They are? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> that makes it a bit easier because I just took out two-thirds. I was going to say, I realised when I was asking questions I should have <laughs> killed that straight away. Yeah, I didn't know whether that was cheating. <laughs> like, no, it's it's the rules of the game. Okay. You've had five down. Fair enough, yeah, it's five. Is Are they currently an active WWE roster member? 
Phrase that question a bit better. Are they currently signed by WWE? I'm going to say yes. Okay. <laughs> Interesting response. Okay, so they are signed by WWE. So, I mean, are they wrestling for WWE? Yes. They are wrestling for WWE. They have appeared on WWE shows. Okay. Is it Doug Williams? No. Okay. So how many have we got left? Three. Three. Bloody love Doug Williams. Yeah. Should have suspe- should have uh, su- just picked him through love. <laughs> it's fine. But they are a Caucasian male, not an obvious six-pack. Uh, I'll throw this out there. Have they been an IPW tag team champion? I don't know the answer to that question. Okay, no worries. Hang on. I can investigate for you, though. Okay, let me, put, let me rephrase it. Have they been a progress world or tag team champion? Is that two questions? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take tag team championship. Hang on. I am just going to get that person up here. Okay. So you can ask. You, I can keep with your IPW or I can keep with your progress question. No problem. No. So they haven't been an IPW tag team champion. No. Or pro, IPW. Okay. Or, no to either, but will it be one question? Okay. So I've only got one left. No, 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 no. It's just one question. So you've got two left. I've got two left. Yeah, as I'd say. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. Is it... Hang on, sorry. Rick, can you re-ask your eighth question about championships? I just want to make sure that I have told you the right Have thing. they been a tag team champion for IPW? No. Okay. So you've got two left. Is it Jeff Cobb? No. Also, he's not British. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so oh, you've got to get this left. one right. Oh, so no, I wasted the question. That's all right. Well, we'll give you a question and then a guess with your final, your final jazz. Okay, so I've got two. Well, you've got a question and a guess, but or, or not attacked. Do you hate him? <laughs> There's most of that page I just claimed I hate, but yes, I hate him. Is it Morgan Webster? It is. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Ding 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 ding. Oh, that was a bit lucky at the end. <laughs> I didn't think I'd get it. I technically, I think I went over my question limit as well. But I, I wonder. I was wondering if you were going to go to your in their picture. Are they wearing a Union Jack? And I was like, <laughs> oh, which one does it go? But then you already a had a Japan. Yeah, yeah. A Japan. All right. Next week we are going to be doing a couple of episodes. One in lube because I'm away the week after. So we're going to be doing a movie. Oh my god! Yeah. Which we're not going to give that away next week. That's going to be the week after. Yep, yep. But what movie we will have to decide during the week? I think. I think so. It's um, basically going to be a terrible WWE one. Yeah. Anything filmed by WWF slash E Studios. Yeah. Regrettably, it's not going to be Suburban Commando or Mr. Nanny. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Mainly due to my access to these movies. Okay, fair enough. Um, probably going to be one of the Marines. Yeah, yeah, something like that. If you've got one you want to recommend to us, that maybe we haven't listed. That is terrible. We want a terrible movie so we can take the piss out of it. We don't want good movies. That's too easy. Um, and that WCW movie as well where they had everyone appearing on the beach on a boat. I'm not watching that. I don't remember that one. Sounds like Baywatch. <laughs> Baywatch is better than this dross. <laughs> okay. There's a few Hogan movies I can think of. So there's one that Bubba the Love Sponge filmed. <laughs> Racist, allegedly. They no, definitely. <laughs> like, I think we're all aware now. The key to it is, lads, I'm really sorry I got caught. Wait, what? <sighs> Piece of shit, yeah. <laughs> but, um, next week, uh, I think for the one of the episodes, we're going to have my mate Nick here, yep. who has some interesting takes on pro wrestling. So this could be a fun pod, I think. 
Um, yeah, so that should be good. And That's we're it. watching SummerSlam 2018, which is going to be are taking place. Oh, of course we are, yeah. Because <laughs> it's actually next week. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So we're watching SummerSlam, but we're not going to be covering the pre-show. We're not no. going to cover NXT. I think, we'll, I think we'll have to mention NXT just because it's there, but let's try not to do three hours again. Yeah. Especially if we're doing two pods in one afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Rich, where can people find you on social media? So on social medias, you can find me at Rich Be Thy Name. You can find you at the Tex Williams on Twitter and the Instagram, which I'm going to start using a bit more regularly, especially leading up to the um, SEPW shows nice. um, in September as well. Um, we should have soon on the SEPW YouTube channel as well. I sat down with former heavyweight champion Will Power. Lovely. To discuss his... The man who used our pod in his promo <laughs> once. Um, I love this man. Um, he's got a grievance with uh, Mr. Wicked at the moment. So I sit down with Will Power and we discuss his future plans in SEPW. So that'll be on the YouTube channel in the next week or so. so Excellent. Both guys I'd love to get on the pod at some point. So. Oh, definitely. Well, um, Mr. Wicked is keen to come on. Cool. So we'll sort that out. Um, but... Yeah, thanks very much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you like the pod, thanks for listening. Uh, Like it, share it on social media. If you want to give us a rating, that'd be great. Don't shill us. Come on. (laughs) Squarespace. 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 Buy Squarespace. No, I'm joking. Obviously do. (laughs) Like, yeah, I just find it difficult to sell myself. I'd I'd be a terrible (laughs) prostitute, you know. Jesus. I'm just adding on time to the pod now. I should probably shut up. Let's go. Bye-bye, everyone. Let's see you next week. SummerSlam. Yay. Let's hope Brock loses the belt prick <laughs> he's got to lose the belt hasn't he without a shadow of a doubt he has to although I'm so bored of this not having a fucking world heavyweight championship but even better keep it just keep it <sighs> put the belt on Strowman please we need to build to Wrestlemania can you imagine me cashes in on AJ uh, <laughs> yeah whatever I don't know what's going to happen I just want I just want the build to Wrestlemania to be good and we need all the belts on TV Let's start building now, please. Let's start already. As we said before, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, main event WrestleMania. Thanks for listening. You stay classy, San Diego. (laughs)